0: Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks a lot for tuning in today. I hope that this episode is encouraging to you. Today we're going to share um, a devotion that encourages what we're pushing the whole church to walk through together. So those of you who are able to be in worship with us as we gathered yesterday on the first day of the week celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, uh, if you were there with us, we were talking about a new campaign that we're excited about. This is something that's much bigger than Carterville. This is something that is all across our Our Southern Baptist Convention, our entire denomination has been encouraged to be a part of a campaign called Who's Your One? And I am Eagerly endorsing it, I'm very excited about being part of Who's Your One, and I just want to kick the campaign off uh, with today's podcast to give you some, I guess, some background for it. So the big idea for Who's Your One is that one of the functions of the church is to continue to carry out the ministry of Jesus to to seek and to save the lost, to find lost sheep and help them be reconnected to their heavenly Father, the Good Shepherd. But to be honest with you. Um, Over time, I think in pockets of the church and especially down in the South where where we live and carry out our ministry, we've sort of lost the skills and the compassion that's been needed to be able to effectively reach the lost. And the result is uh, that we see salvations in our church, but most of those salvations are from inside the church. Most of the salvations that we see and celebrate with baptism are coming from the baptisms of our children, which is really great. Uh, And sometimes even from our children, we're able to see them reach their friends, but what we rarely see in the church are conversions, salvations, and baptisms from outside. In other words, we rarely are celebrating baptisms from somebody that two weeks ago most of us didn't know, but one of our church members led them to the Lord on a Tuesday afternoon in the gym, or on a soccer field, or at work, or something like that. So we know that we're supposed to carry out the ministry of Jesus, but we are sort of find ourselves in a place in history where generally the church in the South, we're not great at it. And as a church, we look up and say, wow, I feel that and I want to do better, but I'm a little intimidated. And to be honest, it's kind of hard. So the Who's Your One campaign is an opportunity for all of us to look to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and help. Here's the commitment. Super simple. Who's your one? We're asking everybody who worships with us just to find one name, one person. Allow God to lead you to one name that you're going to devote the next 43 days to praying for them and seeking out opportunities uh, to see them come to know the Lord. 43 days, why that? Well, I guess 42 now. That's simple, because in 43 42 days from now. That's 43 from when we launched yesterday. We're going to celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, and we just thought that was an awesome way for us to observe this sacred time in the Christian calendar. Is uh, you know some people practice Lent. I have practiced Lent. Many of you have given up something for 40 days um, until Easter. But one of the things that that we could do that I think is really cool is what if instead of giving up one of your vices, you actually ask God to teach you to do this thing that is so fundamental to church that you would you and I would learn to reach the lost and that we would devote these this season leading up to Easter Uh, to trying to see one of his children saved. So here's the campaign very simply. Just ask, we're asking everybody to pray and seek the Lord and allow the Lord to give them one name and then devote this time period to praying for that person, to caring really well for that person, to opening doors and have shared hospitality with that person so that you might open doors for the gospel's sake to encourage them closer to the Lord. The ultimate goal is that you'd be asking the Lord for the opportunity to share Christ with them. Who knows, maybe our Easter services will be filled with brothers and sisters who we've loved well and are praying for. Maybe God will shape our hearts, but that's what Who's Your One is all about. Okay, well that's a long intro, but the passage that I want to share for our devotion today is the Great Commission. I couldn't think of a better place to start for the church as we launch into this Who's Your One campaign than to study the Great Commission. And so I want everybody to kind of walk with me through this very familiar text. The Great Commission is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. We've nicknamed it the Great Commission because these are Jesus's clear and final words in Matthew's gospel to the church. In other words, He commissions the church for our sacred duty. This is what the church will do. This is our actual job from Jesus until he returns. There's lots of ways to do this job, uh, but this is the task, and it is to make disciples. So let me read Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, and we'll walk through this together as a church family. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church family, I want to walk you through uh, that passage of Scripture in just a couple of steps. I really encourage you to take this one to heart. Memorize this passage. uh, Study it with your family tonight when you gather for devotions. If you're a single person, sit down and read it over lunchtime. Let's focus on this text because it's important. Okay, so one of the first thing I want to show you is that the beginning and the end of the Great Commission forms kind of a bracket around the command. Jesus is telling us first that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And last, he's telling us that he is with us always, even to the very end of the age. So in the middle, we have our job, make disciples. But the bookends are where we get our strength and our power from. Jesus has all the authority that is necessary to make disciples of all the nations. He has the authority and the power and the ability. We're really just joining him in his work. And not only does he have all the authority necessary to see the nations become disciples and all the authority necessary to tell us to prioritize disciple-making in our lives, but he is with us always while we're carrying the task out. So today, as you walk into your mission field, if you're willing to try to make disciples, and that's the first step of who's your one, that you're finding somebody that the Lord may allow you to disciple. If you're willing to make disciples Know, first of all, that you are operating in the authority of God Almighty through Jesus Christ. Second, know that Jesus is with you. You are not alone. The core of the Great Commission is this command. The actual driving force is this command to make disciples. We do that as we go. You know, there's a in Greek that go is a participle. In other words, while you're going or as you're going throughout your day, throughout the pine belt, and everything you're doing, you have one primary focus, and that is that we would make disciples. So the target is that we make disciples. Well, what what on earth is a disciple? We know there were twelve disciples in the Bible, right? Well, what did they do? They learned from Jesus. The word disciple literally means to be a learner. But I would like to nuance that just a little bit. In our culture, when somebody says they want to learn, most of the time we think about a classroom or a book that we'll, we'll read, we'll take a test, we'll sit in a lecture. Well, in the days of Jesus, to become a learner didn't mean that you would just academically engage a topic. In the days of Jesus, to be a learner meant that you would be apprenticed, that you'd be attached to, to a mentor, that within the context of a relationship, you would learn not just a set of knowledge, but skills. So, for example... If you were going to be a carpenter or a stonemason or a potter, you would apprentice, you would be discipled by a potter or a stonemason or a carpenter. You would learn what they do and do what they do. So what I like to teach people is that the best idea for me to communicate authentic biblical discipleship is an apprenticeship where you are learning from Jesus. You want to learn what Jesus did and then you want to do what Jesus did. So the disciples... They learned what Jesus did. They did what Jesus did. They heard him preach, and then they went to preach in villages. They saw him cast out demons and heal the sick, and then they went into villages and cast out demons and heal the sick. And then when he died and rose from the dead, on the 40th day after he was teaching, when he ascended into heaven, they were able to continue to do what he did. And in fact, from that point forward, the church has had this process of discipleship where we've learned from those ahead of us so that we could do what Jesus did. So our job is to make disciples, people who will learn to live their lives in the pattern of Jesus, who will learn what Jesus did and do what Jesus did. So that means the measures for discipleship are not just our church attendance or how many Bible words we know or how big our Bible is, how well it's highlighted, or how many books we've read about the Bible. Our real measure for discipleship is, hey, how much do you love the Lord and how well are you doing what he did? Love and obedience to me are the primary markers for this apprentice-based discipleship. Are you in relationship with the Lord and are you doing what Jesus did? So how obedient, how obedient are we? All right, so if we're supposed to be making followers of Jesus, that's our great mission. We try to do that through you know, small groups, through worship service, through church, through one-on-one life discipleship. Some of you have groups meeting your home through the week. Uh, maybe you're discipling somebody intentionally one-on-one or informally. Hopefully, you're discipling your children and within your household. But as we're trying to make disciples together, uh, the Great Commission gives us a really simple two-step pattern for that. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And then here he, says, he says this, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, two, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So, the two steps for making a disciple the first step is that we would lead them to a point where they're willing to surrender to baptism, to declare the glory of Christ over their life, his lordship, by baptism. So, well, what's going to be required for that? Well, I suppose you're going to have to be able to walk with somebody, share the gospel with them, to see them declare Christ as Lord, to give control of their life to Jesus. In other words, you've got to be able to lead somebody to salvation, and then you get to take them to the baptistry, and we'll celebrate baptism together. And that's step one of you making a disciple. Step two of you making a disciple is, is that you would begin to teach them to obey all that Jesus has commanded us. And so suddenly all the things that we learn in Sunday school, from our personal Bible reading, from our prayer life, from living with Jesus, from those who've mentored us, from, uh, from our context in church, all of those lessons become extremely relevant because we're trying to live our life the way Jesus wants us to, and we're trying to teach that to those who are learning from us, who are being discipled under our ministry. So this is the Great Commission, that in the authority of Jesus and with with the presence of Jesus with us, we're making disciples. So while we go all over the Pine Belt, we are actively making disciples, people who will learn from Jesus and do what Jesus did. For you, that probably looks like this. You'll lead somebody to salvation and baptism, and then you'll begin a journey of helping them pattern their life after Jesus. So as we launch into Who's Your One, I just want to encourage you to live the rest of your life based on this great commission from Jesus Christ, that we would make disciples, that we would help people build their lives after the pattern of Jesus. So, here's the question. At the end of these 40 days... Will you get to celebrate that somebody has been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Will you be on a journey where now you are teaching somebody to walk with Jesus Christ, making disciples? Man, I hope so. I hope that for me. I hope that for you. Church family, let's celebrate. Let's ask the Lord to give us his grace and lead us to our one. So, church family, who's your one?